In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Good morning to the folks out there in Falcons land. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 30th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to call this one, Who Knew Deion Jones Could Fly? Well, we know it now. After that spectacular interception in the fourth quarter with the game on the line, he went up to the rafters of the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium and hauled down the Drew Brees pass. He went up so high, he cradled it with both hands because he knew he wasn't going to land on his feet. He looked like he landed on his back first, but he held onto the ball. It didn't move. There was none of that no-catch stuff. He wrapped it up. His teammates came over to him to help him celebrate. The Falcons' 20-17 to win over the New Orleans Saints, which keeps them right in the middle of the playoff race in the NFC. Dion had one heck of a game. 13 tackles, 3 for losses, 2 pass breakups as he led a defensive charge that kept the Falcons in the driver's seat for most of this game. He had a lot of help from the other defenders, especially Adrian Claiborne and Don Terry Poe. They both had sacks and a tackle for loss themselves. They had three quarterback hits, one by Poe, Adrian Claiborne, and Courtney Upshaw. Also, the Falcons had the return of Desmond Trufant and Brian Poole in the secondary, and that certainly helped them out a lot. I know last week when I was talking to the players in the locker room, Adrian Claiborne told me the importance of the red zone defense, and they came up with a couple red zone stops today at the first drive to hold the Saints to a field goal, and at the end with the interception, the red zone stops were important. Let's hear from Dion. Get the audio going here. I'm going to start that over. Jones, uh, start of the game. Uh, Dion, just talk us through that uh, interception there at the end. Uh, it was in the call that I know I was being isolated. and um, I just felt like you know I was going to get tried you know, no matter what. And, uh, I just wanted to make sure I made a good play on the ball for you know my brothers. And When he looked back, I looked back, and the ball was right there. Uh-huh. And I mean, if I even had to break it up, but I was happy I caught it. Uh-huh. Did you look like you cradled it make sure you <laughs> He was extra yeah. sure you had it. Yeah, uh, it was a long way down, and I just wanted to hold on to it, uh, you know, and get that, that turnover for, our bro- for my brothers. All right, get home. Take care of your newborn six-month-old. I appreciate it. the diapers and the milk and all that good yeah, Dion also had a has a six month though. I was giving him some fatherly advice there about you know making sure you got some diapers and milk at the house. I know I used to have to make those runs. 
Great job by Dion and the defense. Second thing we're going to talk about tonight, uh, well, it's this morning, actually, the um, big tackle by Julio Jones. Right before the half in a bizarre, bizarre exchange, uh, Matt Ryan has to throw it out to Julio, but he can't sense that um, Marshawn Lattimore has been bounced around and it's turned into the passing route, and the ball is ends up going right to him. So uh, he's taken off down the sideline, the speedy cornerback from Ohio State. Uh, but Julio tracked him down and, uh, you know, made a tackle there, uh, forcing the Saints to kick a field goal with four seconds left. Uh, they made the field goal, but they were in a legal formation. So you don't get an extra play after that, and the Falcons end up with a kind of a runoff deal like Detroit, but not the same rule. Uh, but Julio's big tackle ended up being key in a game where the Falcons really indeed did have to fight for that one yard or that blade of grass, as they call it. Uh, but Julio, we talked to him after the game, and let's hear what he had to say about his big tackle. Uh, both high chronicles here with Julio after the game. Julio Jones, how big of a win was this for the Falcons tonight? Oh, it was a big win. Um, you know, uh, divisional game. And um, just getting going. You know, um, the next three games we have is divisional opponents, and it's always good starting off with a win. And Dion's interception there. Oh, yeah. He played He played great for us. Dion was flying around today. He, he played amazing for us. He always plays really, really well for us, but today he really jumped off the film. Uh, and your tackle there right before halftime looked like you played some safety or cornerback or something. I played some linebacker there. I played a little of everything. Little league, all the way through high school, I played a little of everything. Uh, Even now, you know, um, uh, band. That I come in and play safety for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, well, hey, uh, big win for you all. Uh, a little long week before you go to Tampa Monday night. Has to, how's it feel to be in uh, eight and five now? Uh, it feels great. You know, we're gonna take this win and we're gonna, you know, um, look at it tomorrow. You know, obviously fix some stuff because we can always correct some things and um, just take this little break to get healthy, get guys healthy, and uh, it's on the Tampa. All right, thanks a lot, Julio. All right, thank you. Uh-huh. There it is, my man, Julio Jones coming on the Bowtie Chronicles to talk about the state of the team's big tackle and the fine play of Deion Jones yesterday. Now, the the record, uh, you know, the Falcons improved to 8-5, and five, and we're going to talk about the NFC South third. You know, today, Deion Jones, Julio Jones, is big tackle. The NFC South, Ice, Ice Baby. Our quarter, the quarterback, Matt Ryan, didn't have one of his better days. And then we got something here called Coach Choke. Sean Payton was badly mannered. He was out of line. And we're going to wrap up talking about that. But now let's talk about the new state of the NFC South. The Saints are still atop at 9-4. and four. Carolina, 8-4. and four. And uh, the Falcons, 8-5. and five. Tampa Bay, 4-8. and eight. All right, let's look at... Um, uh, the schedule this weekend to help you kind of go through it and who you need to uh, be rooting for if you're a Falcon fan. Um, uh, the Vikings are at Carolina. They can, you know, uh, knock them back to the Falcons, although they have the head-to-head over the Falcons. Uh, but, you know, they can fix that with the win and, uh, you know, the margin of uh, so forth in, at the uh, end. The Eagles are at the Rams. 
And Seattle is at the Jaguars. So, you know, you, right now the Falcons are still on the outs because Seattle's 8-4. and four, uh, But, you know, they can get knocked down to 8-5 and five if they lose to the Jaguars. Okay, and the next week you got Green Bay at the Panthers, Jets at Saints, Falcons at Tampa Bay, Rams at Seattle. That's a big one. Rams at Seattle that week. Everybody should win there. The Panthers, Falcons, and Saints are uh, – should be favored against Green Bay Jets and Tampa Bay, although the Jets are playing tough. And then the um, 15th week, you got Atlanta back at the Saints there, uh, Bucks at Panthers, and Seattle at Dallas. So Seattle will probably be favored there. Um, you know, but. Um, you know, the Falcons and Saints, that might be the, the, the key one to win the division there. Uh, Bucks at Panthers, we'll know when the Bucks are going to fold up shop, but uh, the Panthers uh, will be favored there. Then the final week of the season, the Falcons handle their business against Tampa Bay and the uh, and the uh, Saints. Then, you know, they're all of a sudden 10 and 5 and uh, could probably get in at 10 and 6, but, you know, you, what, might as well go all the way and run the table when they play Carolina on New Year's Eve uh, at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in the regular season finale. The Saints will be at the Bucks, so they'll be favorite there. And then uh, you have uh, Carolina. You have. Uh, Seattle closing out with the Cardinals, so they'll probably be favored there. So the, more on the story here. Looking at the schedule, the Falcons need to win out um, to to you know guarantee they're in the playoffs. And uh, uh, you know they have a very uh, they have a tough schedule, but it's doable. Now um, check my playoff uh, percentages. The uh, Falcons went from 11% to 22% with that win last night uh, with their chances to winning the NFC South. So they doubled it with the win there. And their um, overall make the playoff percentage went from 44% to 62.2 according to the website Make NFL Playoffs. I use them. They do a good job. They've been out there for 10 years crunching numbers. And uh, that's what we have this morning. Now, you had to be concerned with the play of quarterback Matt Ryan. It was a, a bizarre game for him, and I think uh, Mike Nolan being on the other side had a lot to do with it. You know, Ryan had plenty of time, and let's give credit to the guards because we thought they might be a little shaky here. Wes Schweitzer and Ben Garland did a great job, so let's be give them some credit. But Matt Ryan had plenty of time, but when he went to his check down, Seemed like there was a saint always waiting for him. So he had to move around more than he normally does. And he threw some balls he didn't like. Austin Hooper didn't help him on one pick. It was a uh, bizarre game for quarterback Matt Ryan. 15-27 for 221. Uh, one touchdown, three interceptions. Passer rating of 55.2. His lowest since he had a 55.1 against the Washington Redskins October the 11th, 2015. Was also a win, though, 25-19 in a battle with Kirk Cousins there. Uh, but, yeah, it was not one of Matt Ryan's game, best games. He says that. And you can go see his quotes there on myajc.com about his play uh, against the New Orleans Saints. 
All right, and then afterwards we had uh, uh, just some bizarreness going on. You know, we had the Saints players taking pictures on the the um, Falcon in the middle of the Georgia Dome one year. Uh, just strange things happen in this uh, this rivalry. But I've never seen a coach giving a player the choke sign on the sideline, and that happened in this game. Uh, Sean Payton. Gave Devontae Freeman a choke sign. Freeman's like, he doesn't know anything about choking. He doesn't know where I'm from. Uh, so we'll see if he's going to be, you know, Coach Payton fine by the league. I don't know. That's uh, conduct detrimental to the league. Uh, you know, the players are getting fined so much for some of their antics. Uh, what about the coach who was way out of line, uh, crossing the line here? I don't know if he was referring to the Super Bowl collapse or or what, but that was just a bad look from a position of authority. Uh, you don't even see that in Little League ball or, or junior high ball, middle school ball. That was Bush League by the Saints coach, and uh, he needs to be held accountable for that. That'll be the first email I send here once we get the Bowtie Chronicles uh, posted. It's to the league office uh, to see if there's a, a conduct policy for coaches on the sideline. This is ridiculous. Just to wrap up here, I want to go back to Matt Ryan and the, the, the drive chart. I didn't get that in, but the Falcons went. Field goal, punt, touchdown, interception, 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 punt, touchdown, field goal, kneel down, end of game, victory, 20-17 to 17, over the New Orleans Saints, back in the thick of the playoff race, get a long weekend and go to a Monday bye after short week Thursday, and uh, the Falcons are... Back in this thing heavily now at 8-5, and five, and people got to be looking around for who's really the bully in the room. Is it the defending NFC champs? We know it's not the Eagles. They lost to Seattle. Maybe it's Minnesota, who really did do a great job when they came down here. But they got Case Keenum. That can't be real. But we'll see. We'd like to thank you all for listening here to the 30th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Have a great long weekend. Enjoy the games. Looks like you want to go for uh, the Vikings in Carolina. Uh, Eagles Rams will be a good one to watch. And maybe uh, uh, the Jaguars can pull one off down there against Seattle. Take care and have a great weekend and stay Safe out there in the rain slash snow slash sweet sleet. Hip hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal Constitution presents Hip Hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.